Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now let's get into today's teaching. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Welcome to our weekly Bible study. This is DeCoy Green. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. So we're going to jump on into prayer so we can jump on into uh, the word for today. Father God, we give in glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad. And we thank you, God, for the word that should go forth today, knowing it should go forth with power and accomplish what you set out to accomplish in the lives of these, your people. Speak to me, speak through me. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare, oh God, that uh, we all receive this word in our heart. We come against any seeds and we will try to sort of snatch this word. We cancel in advance in the name of Jesus. You be glorified. Let your glory come upon this Bible study, oh God. We thank you for opening our eyes of understanding. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, good evening, good evening, everyone. Uh, so uh, last week, we were on part nine uh, of destroying uh, the demonic strongman. And last week, we talked about reclaiming. Our spiritual gates again. How uh, uh, we we have spiritual gates. Uh, you know, there's eye gates, ear gates, nose gates, mouth gates, uh, all type of gates. And the demonic strongman tries to take control of our gates to determine what comes in, what goes out. Uh, so, of course, we have responsibility to take back control of uh, those spiritual spiritual gates and serve as an arresting officer uh, uh, to arrest any demonic spirit, any demon, which walk social who will try to uh, control our gates again to our mind, to our heart. Uh, uh, all these different type of gates. Um, and, and, and so we want to make sure that through obedience, through faith, through trusting God, through chasing after God, we maintain control and, and retake control of our spiritual gates because there's gates to a person's body, to our soul, uh, and that, that the enemy can then try to attack or try to cause a breach in those gates um, so that they can gain access and try to control uh, those gates to, to our lives. So, um, so we want to make sure that we possess the gates our gates and also we can possess the gates of our enemies so the same way they try to take over our gates we can take over their gates and 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 really they have no territory but again we we can stop them from getting a harvest the harvest of, of evil and the seeds they sow we can stop their seeds stop their harvest uh by stopping their plans so again the strong man is always trying to take territory but again as we pray we will always stay in position we continue to seek god again we will possess the land uh and the aim is going to have to watch and they'll be destroyed a long way so again the importance of those gates. So if you missed last week, go, you can watch the replay to understand the importance of reclaiming our spiritual gates from the strong man. Uh, so this week, uh, we shift over to part 10 uh, as we continue on our series to destroying the demonic strong man. And today we're going to talk about destroying the altars of the strong man. So we're going to focus on destroying the altars of the strong man. And we know, of course, that uh, witchcraft cannot operate uh, really without there being altar, without there being sacrifice, without there being bloodshed, uh, right? And so, of course, that's why everything God creates, Satan try to duplicate. We know Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, the propitiation for our sins. He 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 atoned for our sins. Uh, and so, uh, and, and in Old Testament, of course, there were blood sacrifices of animals, etc. Uh, uh, and so, of course, now Satan uh, still wants blood sacrifices for worship unto him. Uh, so demons still function. Or strengthened through blood. Uh, that's why witches, walking sources will raise whole uh, evil altars uh, to try to cause 
uh, uh, curses in our lives to try to cause things to happen in the realm of the spirit, to to feed demons, to strengthen demons, to send demons on assignment, to strengthen them. And so uh, that's why we raise our holy altars against those evil altars. So again, but we have power and authority against the enemy, but understand that these altars uh, help strengthen the strong man, evil altars. So we understand evil altars feed and strengthen the demonic strong man. And the strong man can be fed by many evil altars that we talked about before that there can be many altars even though which well consortium may raise evil altars to feed uh certain demons but all those altars would feed the strong man so even one demon can eat or several demons can be eating from one altar or, or to sacrifice from one altar they still have to first service the strong man so the, in other words the strong man eats first the strong man gets the first dibs. So no matter how many altars are raised or erected by which world of a sorcerer, to try to gain power, to try to gain information, to try to empower demons, the strong man behind the scenes, the general, so to speak, eats first and then the foot soldiers eat. So every evil altar that's erected is going to feed that strong man who's been assigned to your life, who's been assigned to whatever area of your life. And so, again, that's why we have to go after those altars, because you not only weaken uh, the demons who's feeding from the, those altars, you also weaken the strong man who's feeding from those altars. Uh, that's one way to weaken them, of course. Um, and it's just, you know, it's another story for another day of how many different levels and, you know, how the Prince of Valley can also feed the demonic strong man. But the point of the matter is going after the altar, you, you weaken the altar, you destroy the altar, you weaken the attack, you weaken what the enemy is trying to do because witchcraft cannot operate ex effectively uh, except there be an altar. And so so it's our job as godly strong men, uh, as a godly strong man to destroy the evil altars set up against us that empower the demonic strong man. And so the strong man also tries to set up altars on our hearts so they can attempt to steal what comes in. This goes back to the strong man trying to control our spiritual gates, as we talked about last week. So we have the ability to stop it, but the strong man wants us to come in agreement with him by getting us to agree with the lies. And so they try to set traps to get us back in covenant with them so they can stay around. That's why those thoughts they're trying to get you to buy into, those thoughts they try to get you to feed, is trying to bring you back in covenant with them in reference to that thing. They're trying to bring you back, trying to find some opening, trying to get you to come in agreement with them by entertaining that thought, uh, feeding that thought, watering that thought to try to get you back in covenant with them so they can gain some type of access, so they can try to take that to try to gain some type of legal right. Right? And so we have to break those covenants. And so we must completely sever ties with those evil covenants that the strong man tries to bring, uh, bring to us unknowingly. All right, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 through 11. Again, you're on Facebook, Periscope, YouTube. Uh, make sure you hit the share button. Share with your family, your friends, your followers. Get us Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 through 11. Deuteronomy 7. Verses 1 through 11. Deuteronomy 7, beginning with verse 1, New King James Version. It says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess, and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations 
greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them, nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall utterly destroy their altars and break down their sacred pillars and cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the land of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Therefore, you shall keep the commandment, the statutes and the judgments, which I command you today to observe them. So there's so much packed. In this, in this passage, these, these 11 verses here, uh, and I'm not going to go through every aspect of it, we're going to deal mostly from the altar aspect, but but we will understand here in verse 1, Deuteronomy 7 and 1, when the Lord, your God, brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, and he gave all his, those seven nations. And he, he said those seven nations were greater and mightier than him, stronger in number, more powerful and strength. But it says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess. Now you have to understand, regardless of what the, the, the strong man is trying to do in your life, what you first understand is this. The Lord your God is bringing you into a land which you're going to possess. That's already a promise. We're not hoping we're going to possess the land. The only way we don't possess the promised land is, is to sin, disobedient, and we just give up. But we don't fight. We just throw in a towel. So you're, you, you're going into the promise that and understand this. The strong man knows they cannot stop you with the power of God at work in your life. They know they can't stop you, so they hope to hinder you, to slow you down, to get you to curse yourself, to get you to keep coming and coming with them, to then hinder you to what you would give up or what you throw in the towel or you keep curse yourself to keep the curse going and so that they can keep buying more time and more time and more time because they know they can't stop the God in you. They know they're powerless in the face of Almighty God. Except some new witches, walks and sources on the scene and those who have been led to believe that Satan is more powerful than God. But overall, the demonic strong man knows they can't really stop you. So they have to strategize and hope to slow you down, to hinder you, to trip you up. But you understand, when the Lord, when, not if the Lord, when the Lord brings you into the land that you go to possess, so right there, that's action, a land you go to possess. 
You have to go to possess it. You have to go and take it. You have to do your part as a manifested son and daughter of God and take territory. As you go in obedience to God, as you go by faith, as you walk, as we walk by faith, that's an action step. That's trusting God. I'm moving forward regardless of what it looks like. I'm moving forward regardless of what it feels like. I'm moving forward regardless of what they say. Lord, I trust you. So when I get into the promised land, when I get into the land, I go, not if you will. So you have to understand and we're working from the place of it's already done. Faith works from the place of it's already done. It's already finished. So the strong man and the foot soldiers are trying to get you to believe you're not going to see it. They're trying to get you to believe it's not going to happen. They're trying to get you to believe it's not going to manifest. They're trying to get you to believe the circumstance, the situation is not going to change, that you're going to remain sick. You're going to stay in bondage. You're going to stay in this situation. You're going to stay in this financial state. You're going to stay in this state. You're not going to get married. All these lies that any wants you to buy into to keep renewing a covenant. It's all about covenant. It's all about covenant. And one day I'll do it when the Lord releases me, I'll do an entire series just on understanding covenant on both sides, holy and demonic. But the principle, the principle of covenant is still critical, it's still important. An altar is a covenant. An altar, uh, in other words, it's it's really a it's 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 formed and is empowered because of a covenant. A demonic altar and even a holy altar unto God. A holy altar unto God is because of our covenant with God through Christ Jesus. Right? And so the an altar it reinforces covenant. It's where divine exchanges take place. So at an altar. Not only is it as a result of a covenant that's already been formed or to bring one into covenant, an altar also holds covenants. It holds contracts. It holds contracts. And so on the demonic side, all they're trying to do is continue to have demonic exchanges, transfer of blood, strengthening demons to try to keep covenants going. That's what I try to put your name on that altar. To try to empower a demon. Or to get a demon to go and do a job or to empower which water or sorcerer, but to try to keep you bound in the realm of the spirit because of the covenant on a demonic side and some legal right they found to then gain access to you. It's still covenant. And they want to keep a covenant going. Think about it. When we partake in Holy Communion. It's our covenant with God through Christ. We, we're doing this in remembrance of what Jesus Christ did for us, the blood he shed for dying on the cross for our sins and raised again from the dead. It's our covenant. It's, it's reminding God of our covenant with him through Christ. Our covenant. So on a demonic side, when witches, walking sources erect their covenant, I mean, their co altar, evil altar, they're reminding Satan, they're reminding demons principalities of the covenant that they're in with them in an attempt to try to get at us. Divine exchanges. 
Exchanges are being made at the altars. Exchanges are being made at altars. And that's why even on the demonic side, some of them have to give up family members and friends and other people as sacrifices on the altar to go higher in the demonic realm. It's covenant. Covenant. It's exchanges. And we have many, 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 many people who've come to deliverance who that exact divine exchange has taken place on a demonic side where a mother, a father, grandparent, great grandparent dedicated certain family members on the bloodline unto Satan for power, for money, for whatever influence they wanted. For it was an exchange. Well, we'll give up this to get that. It's exchange, it's covenant. And so the strong man not only wants to keep the covenant going with whatever witch, wallop, sorcerer, and demons, etc., but they want to try to bring us into covenant through whatever legal right they find, through sin, disobedience, something on the bloodline, whatever they use, whatever bait they try to get us to bite, they try to get us to renew a contract with them. So we have to break that contract. And so, again, so we see this passage, the Lord your God, when the Lord, so back to when the Lord, not if the Lord. So we got to get out of that place, especially in this glory realm. You got to get out of that place of wishing, hoping, thinking. Might. No, 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 no. It has to be a made up mind. God's promises in my life. It will come to pass. It must come to pass. And I'm not just sitting there, sitting there twiddling my thumbs and waiting for something to happen. I'm walking by faith. I'm being obedient. I'm chasing after him. I'm putting in the work, not works. I'm putting in the work, the time. I'm spending time building a relationship with him that I can see clearly, hear clearly on what it is he wants me to do, where it is he wants me to go. I'm crucifying my will. You're crucifying your will. you putting your will down and you picking up the will of God. And so when, because remember, we're not here for ourselves. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to do the will of God. So think about this. If we can just get in alignment with his will, the quicker we can die to all of this flesh, the easier it will be to be in alignment with his will. The quicker we die to this flesh, get this flesh out of the way, any piece of us that still try to hold on, any piece of our flesh that's just fighting tooth and nail because it wants to do what it wants to do, the quicker we die to that flesh, which is seeking God, the easier it will become to understand, to discern his will. And God always backs his will. Some of our challenges, our will getting in the way. Because we think it's supposed to look like this. People try to convince it's supposed to look like this. Worldly wisdom says it's supposed to look like this. But what does God say? What does faith say? God's ways. His ways are not our ways. So we need to learn his way. We need to learn his way. Seek his way. Seek his plan. Doesn't mean the enemy's still not going to try to fight it. No. But it's less opposition in the sense of if I'm trying to do my will and it opposes God's will, the enemy already going to try to fight God's will for our life, but now the enemy's now going to fight our will 
And then that's going to give them more grounds to attack and steal. Because now we're doing our way, our way. So they, they our will, our way. So the enemy can try to capitalize on that while they have a chance. Before we get back, before we shift back into position. So when God, when God brings you into the land which you go to possess. We have to live from the place that was already done. And he says, look, you go possess this land when you get there. When this happens, when it manifests, God backs his will. All of heaven is backing you when you're doing the will of God. He said, okay, these seven nations, yeah, they're there. They're mightier than you, by the way. He said, by the way, they are mightier than you. They're stronger than you. In the flesh, in the flesh, and in our soulless realm, demons, witches, warlocks, Sorcerers are stronger than us in the flesh, in the natural. And this is only talking about the natural. In this particular passage, he was talking about the natural. Naturally, those 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 uh, uh, seven nations were stronger uh, uh, than Israelites. But in the realm of the spirit, we're stronger, more powerful than demons, witches, warlocks, sorcerers, evil altars, principalities. But it's understanding the rules of engagement. We can't come in our strength. We can't come in our strength. It's in the power of God. It's in the power of God. And so, and I'm not going to get into difference, you know, when we get into principalities and that whole concept. That's another teaching for another day. Uh, but, but the point of the matter is that these nations were stronger. And he says, but look at verse 2. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you. So wait a minute. So you said, when we go into the land, you just told us that they're, they're stronger than us. But then you said, but when you give them, when you, when the Lord delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them. So now he's saying, yeah, this land that your enemies are in, you about to go and take this land. All those nations on paper are stronger than you. All those nations on paper have a greater army than you. But because the Lord is with you, you will conquer. That's what he was telling the Israelites. And to us, the Lord is with us. We will conquer. When he gives them over to you. The strong man is going to be given over to you. It's only a matter of time as you keep turning up the pressure. We, turn, we, we serve notice on any demonic strongman that's been assigned to any area in our lives. Your end is coming and it's coming swiftly. Well, wait a minute. Well, not only that, but verse 4 says, for they would turn, he was saying, they're, 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 you know, if, if, if they married into these enemy nations, that, that they, they, would, they would turn their children away to serve other gods. And then the anger of the Lord will be aroused against them, his own people, but now they became God's enemy. And he said, then, and he will destroy you suddenly. Our wicked enemies will be destroyed suddenly. As we continue to follow God's instructions. So he said, verse two, you shall conquer. You shall conquer. Verse eight, but because the Lord loves you. Number one, we understand his love. He is love. He loves you. He brought them out of Egyptian captivity. And in verse 9, just so you know, and it's something else you can take to the courts of heaven. 
we, we talk about in the Code of Samuel about remind the Lord about his covenant. Verse 9, therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who he love, who love him and keep his commandments. So think about on the demonic side. If God, because everything God creates, it try to duplicate. If God is faithful and he keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations, for those who love and who keep his commandments, who are obedient to him, then what do you think Satan tries to do? Of course, he hates us. But those who make covenant with him, ancestors who make covenant with him, you know what he's trying to go to the coast of heaven and say? Well, their ancestors did this and made a covenant on this bloodline. So I'm keeping that covenant for a thousand generations. I have rights to this bloodline for at least a thousand generations. And if I renew it, that, that time keeps going up and up and up. So you have to understand the rules of engagement. You have to remind God. He don't need to be reminded. But when you talk about rules of engagement, you have a, you have a job here. Nothing is automatic. It's guaranteed you get into the promised land. If you stay faithful, if you keep chasing after God, if you keep seeking him, you get there. Whatever those promises are. But it's not automatic. We have a job to do. Earth is our is not our home. It's our throne. I say all the time, the earth is not your home. It's your throne. This is where we rule from. So heaven responds. Heaven acts based, based on what we do. Based on us con communicating with heaven. And saying this is what's necessary down here. This this needs to come down here. I'm regulating things here. I'm I'm canceling this down here. We have that job to do. God's not always going to do it automatically. Sometimes He will, but I say this all the time. Some things God will do for us. Most things He will do through us. So Lord, we understand. For a thousand generations, you keep covenant. So the enemy is saying, oh, I see what your ancestors did. I see what you've done. So covenant, covenant, covenant for a thousand years. No, no, that's actually canceled out. We're in covenant with God through Christ Jesus. We're redeemed from the curse of the law to the blood of Jesus Christ. And now guess what? God keeps covenant for a thousand generations. And I'm in covenant with God. I'm renewing my covenant with God through Christ Jesus. So whatever covenant the enemy wanted to, to, to enact in my life. Now you can come up against that and speak against that legally. Legally. You have to understand your legal rights. And our ignorance, it, it doesn't matter. The enemy doesn't care about that. They're going to use what they know. So it helps us to know the word and what God's word says. So we can use it right back against the enemy and we can use it in our favor. It's, diff, it's set up for your success. You're set up for success. We're set up for success if we simply follow the blueprint. And so, again, we have to keep start with the end in mind. We see from this passage seven key things that we should keep in mind when dealing with evil altars of the strong man. And we find in verse two and verse five of Deuteronomy chapter seven. And these seven things are what we're equipped to do and have the power and authority to do against our evil enemies and their evil altars. Number one, we find in verse two, he says, you must conquer them. So when you go into the land the Lord gives you, when you go into the place, the territory God gives you, you must conquer. 
You must conquer. Hello? You must conquer. Number one. Conquer them, our wicked enemies. That means you're not backing down. Then he said, you must utterly destroy them. That means leaving no trace upon utterly destroy them. Not We're not negotiating. This is not a negotiation. You must utterly destroy them. Number three. He said, you must make no covenants with them. And you may say, well, I'm not knowingly making a covenant. So those hidden covenants, those covenants they try to bring you into unknowingly, those seeds they try to sow in your dreams, those thoughts they try to get you to come in agreement with, forms covenants. So you have to think, ungodly thoughts that you entertain, it's the enemy trying to bring you into covenant. You got to cast those thoughts down. That's the not coming covenant. You must make no covenants with them. Number four, you must show no mercy to them. You must show no mercy. Show no mercy. They're trying to kill you. They're trying to destroy you. They're trying to destroy your destiny. You must show them no mercy. Number five, you must destroy their altars because if you just deal with the enemy and you don't deal with their altars remember the altars are alive it's blood activated so if you don't deal with the altars those altars will still speak those altars will still operate you got to destroy the altars send the five god to destroy every evil altar that's been erected against you any hidden altars that's been buried send the five god to locate those evil altars you must destroy their altars very important you must break down their sacred pillars. The things that they build up, you know, part of this altar, sometimes they have, you know, they used to have the, the, the poles and stuff like that, astral poles. It says you must cut down number seven. You must cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. That's what he was telling them. So God was setting them up to go into the promised land. God has been setting us up to go into the promised land. He's been setting us up. Cleaning our house, getting our house in order so we can cross over into the promised land. So we can walk, step and cross over into the glory realm. He's making more room for us to carry more of his glory, to distribute more of his glory. So he was letting children of Israel know ahead of time that he would give the land of those wicked and idolatrous inhabitants to them. But the first matter of business was to do the seven things outlined. And one of those included destroying the evil altars that was erected. God even told him not to marry any of any of those enemy armies. Because he knew the power. Of, why? Because God knew the power of those altars. And the idol worship. And he knew the hearts of the people. And that they would be tempted to follow those idols. And he knew that although he gave his children power over the evil altars, he knew the dangers of them marrying those people. He knew that that, that evil covenants would be made. He knew it. He said, they're going to turn you away. They're going to, they're going to, you, you let your children do that, then they, their hearts going to be turned away from me. And then you're going to become my enemies. I'm going to have to suddenly destroy you. That's what he said. 
And so God wanted them to destroy those evil altars ahead of time so that the sacrifices made on those altars would not impact them. He wanted the altars destroyed so that the altars would be silenced. If the altars were not destroyed, the altars could still impact the children of Israel through their ignorance or their disregard of God's instructions. Because remember, that altar is covenant. It's a reminder of covenant. It reinforces covenant. It creates new covenant at an altar. And he knew that's what happened at these evil altars. So he was preparing them. He was warning them. Destroy these altars. Follow my instructions. He knew what these evil altars had the capability of doing. So obviously, God had power over all of it, and he, but he gave the power to his children. But it's, it's, it's not on God to step into every situation. He told you to rule. He told us to rule and reign on earth. He gave the Israelites power to handle it. He gave them instruction, and it was up to them if they obeyed or not. And God made it clear. Show no mercy on these evil people and their wicked ways. Because he knew those altars were no good. He knew that what those altars had already done in the promised land. They made sacrifices unto Baal and Asherah. And the wooden Asherah poles are what they also erected to honor those demonic spirits. Just like statues and steps, certain things that represent certain things uh, for false gods. It was erected all over the place. And God knew, of course, that those principalities only wanted blood. And they only wanted to, uh, to, to destroy. So he wanted Israelites for their own protection not to get caught up with it. But to destroy those wooden poles and evil altars and to burn them. And, he, and those Asher poles uh, uh, were often, um, you know, had demonic carvings on it. Symbols on it. And so sometimes it was just a tree with a carving on it. But nonetheless, it paid tribute to their false gods. It paid tribute to those, those demons. It paid tribute to those principalities. They believed those false gods protect, protected them or provided fertility or took care of their crops. It was all deception. It was all deception. All deception. And we see it in deliverance all the time. And some folks are afraid to come out from amongst it because. They've been in it for so long, they're afraid of backlash and retaliation. But understanding God's power is greater. God's power is greater. And I'm reminded, even from this exact situation, I forgot what country it was in. Uh, but I told you, David Hogan, my spiritual father, he was in this particular area, this country that the gospel had never, this area, the gospel had never been preached to. Uh, and he was going on, and, and, and there was just a whole bunch of sick folk being healed, set free, delivered. Uh, they was praying for folks pretty much sun up and sun down. They woke up the next morning. It was just lines and lines and thousands of people just coming from all over the villages for healing, for, for breakthrough, for deliverance. They just they, they just heard. And they hadn't, and, and folks get saved in droves and not even accept, never even heard about Jesus. Never even heard about Jesus. All they know was it was some glowing, light that came a man that said on this day somebody's coming so so long story short he showed up there well, that's the man that's the one that's the one that's the one that that they say was coming that's the one they say was coming it was this angel that came and so he came set free delivered healed but went into this one place the uh the witch doctor apparently in the area 
when the, the the big one in the area, you know, they invite him to the house. Went out and had him drink the stuff, and he drank some, and 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 he was like, he was shocked because it was some type of concoction, some type of witchcraft, something that he thought would impact David Hogan, and it didn't. And then he ended up getting saved and, and, and accepted, but they went into this place where all the animals were. Slaughter, you saw blood all over the place, cows and all that stuff of that. And it was like, he was like, what, what do we do with, you know, they, 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 they're never satisfied. The altars are never satisfied. They, they always want our ancestors, quote unquote, their ancestors always want more blood. It's the demons, of course, but they always want more. They're never satisfied. So he's like, we're tired. We, we're worn out, but they're never satisfied. But if we don't do this, we're not going to get crops. We're not going to do this. So it, they make them seem like they're providing for them. But really, it's just divine exchange, demonic exchange. So anyways, so anyway, set the whole place free. But it, that, in that situation, the witch doctor, the chief witch doctor in that area was saying, we get no rest because their ancestors, the demons pretty much, constantly require more blood, constantly require more sacrifice. They constantly require more from us. Really keeping them in poverty and bondage because they couldn't make a living from certain things, selling certain animals, etc. So it was, but he said blood was all over the place, sacrifices to an evil altar for some trade-off, quote-unquote, protection. That's why I tell you, there's no such thing as good witchcraft. No such thing as a good witch. It's all lies, deception, manipulation to try to keep people in bondage. And so this was a perfect example here about those astral poles and those sacrifices, again, that the enemy wanted. All deception. So God said, destroy it, burn it. Burn it. Now we have power over these evil altars, just as they did. But what good is the power if we don't use it? We got to use it. We have to activate it. And it's also comfort and joy knowing that God destroys those who hate him. Look at verse 10 says. And he repays those who hate him to their face. And it will be no guesswork. At the power of God at coming to work in your life, it's not going to be no guesswork. And he said it twice. He said he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will he will not back, he will not be slight with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face twice. He said, I'm gonna repay them to their face. The strong man will give you repaid to their face. God's not gonna hide it. God's gonna destroy our wicked enemies openly as we call forth his mighty power, as we walk in his power. As we call down a five God to utterly destroy those evil altars. And this passage shows God's love for us. He said he loves us. It shows his intolerance to idol worship. His intolerance to evil altars. So judgment day is coming for our wicked enemies. And we can expedite that process. For those who are raising evil altars today. Which is walking souls who are still raising their altars. All around you. All around the globe. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. So Satan's agenda has not changed. It may be more hidden, not as openly and as obvious all the time, but it goes on just as much now as ever before. Why? Because Satan knows his time is short. The strong man knows their time is short. Let's not get it confused. Let us not get it twisted. Satan is slowing down 
but he's trying to increase the evil because he knows his time is short. He knows his time is coming short. He knows he's running out of time before his final judgment. So we know that we have a duty to destroy those evil altars, to make it harder for the enemy. Speaking against us, speaking against our destiny, speaking against our family, speaking against your marital destiny, speaking against your finances, speaking against your health, speaking against your career. And ignorance does not stop those altars from operating. Just because we don't know, don't mean the altars not going to still be operating. It's the power of God that destroys the altars. That's why our prayer life is so important. Our time with God is so important. And we've been equipped to utterly destroy these evil altars through the power of God at work in our life. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 24. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 22 through 26. 2 Samuel 24. And again, remind you again what the Lord told the Israelites, seven things. You must conquer them, number one. Number two, you must utterly destroy them. Number three, you must make no covenants with them. Number four, you must show no mercy to them. Number five, you must destroy their altars. Number six, you must break down their sacred pillars. Number seven, you must cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. Keywords, conquer, utterly destroy, make no covenant, show no mercy, destroy, break down, cut down, complete demolition. 2 Samuel 24, verses 22 to 26, it says, Now, Aronah said to David, let my lord, the king, take and offer up what seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for, for wood. All these, O king, Arana has given to the king. And Arana said to the king, may the Lord your God accept you. Then the king said to Arana, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David brought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver, and David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land, and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. And the plague was withdrawn from Israel. So in this past, we find King David. He had sinned against God through his pride and having a census taken of the people to see how big his army was. So it was probably he wanted to see how big is my army. Now, on the surface, it seemed, oh, it's cool. You want to know how big your army. But it was he just wanted to be almost boasting about how big his army was. It was done out of a prideful heart. And we'll get into heart motives uh, later in the series. So so God spoke to the prophet Gad. And, 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 and Gad, prophet Gad came to David and said, you have three choices. Of which punishment you want. And so he chose the plague. And so because he chose the plague. 70,000 men died. 70,000 men died. Because of one act of sin. And I've said it many many times. Understanding. I call it the law of contamination. One act of sin. One act of disobedience. One contamination in the camp. 
can impact the whole camp. That's how it was in Old Testament. Now Christ came, of course, put us back in right stand with God. He took on all of our sins. One, you know, he replaced, he, Adam was, first Adam, they called, the word said Christ was the second Adam, the second man. He took on our sins once and for all. Yes, true. But one, contamination in the camp will impact the glory in the camp. And we see this principle throughout scripture. If we're carrying God's glory, we're distributors of God's glory, and there's contamination in the camp is going to be found out. It's going to have to be found out because the glory will not dwell where there's contamination. Now we bring the glory into a place to bring change, etc. But again, if one gets on the wrong side of the glory, the glory can wipe everybody out. The, the, the wrong side of God's glory. So that's why it has to be clean. So it's he sees, okay, go in and assess the land. All right, this thing to be dealt with. That's why he said, that's why he told before y'all go into the promised land, y'all got to get rid of all this stuff because if y'all think y'all going to cross over into it, you're going to lose to your enemy armies because these all this, these evil altars that's erected because all this idol worship is going on and y'all get intermingled and intertwined with it and it's not going to end well. So he's saying, that's why I'm cleaning house. That's why I'm clearing the path. I'm letting you see, deal with that. Handle that. He'll show you certain things. Pray against that. Cover that. Cancel that. One sin of David caused 70,000 men to die. And David saw the angel who was bringing the destruction. So Gad the prophet came to David and again, again and instructed him to erect an altar unto God. He said, you want to stop it? Erect an altar unto God. David was obedient. He went to the place he was told to go to. Obedience. This is why you got to be in relationship with God. And obey God. There was a man named Arana who owned a threshing floor. The threshing floor was a place, again, where farmers would bring their grain and beat it or have it stomped on to separate it from the husk or the chaff. It was attached. I already taught on this uh, earlier in this series. And so Arana was honored that the king would want to erect a godly altar, a holy altar on his threshing floor. And was and and, he, and and was willing to provide the sacrifice. He said, I'll give you the sacrifice. And I'll give you the threshing floor as a gift. Which was full, fine. It was cool. That was wonderful. That was okay. But in this situation, David said, no. This is too big, too much going on. He said, no, 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 no. He said he will not offer sacrifice unto God that cost him nothing. How much are we willing to give up for God? Are we willing to give up everything? David said, I'm not going to make notes. I don't. It's a good gesture. Thank you for offering it. But in this situation, there's a great plague going on. 70,000 men done died. I'm not going to make no offering unto God that costs me nothing. He understood the value of sacrifice. And sacrifice is not a bad word. Although, again, it was a good gesture for, from Arana, David knew this was a pressing matter. He was not going to offer the sacrifice without it costing him something. Lives were on the line. Lives were literally on the line. He said, no, no, no. It's going to cost me something. So David built the altar and the plague stopped. The power of a holy altar is so great. It can stop a plague. It can and it will fight against the evil altars of the strong man. It can stop so much that the enemy tries to sin against you. So we see the significance of the sacrifice. 
and the power of the golly altar. And we'll get into the sacrifice later. We'll get into that, the power of sacrifice on a holy altar. So your golly altar, your holy altars, holy altars that you erect will cry out on your behalf and it will produce results. Because if witches, warlocks, and sorcerers can raise evil altars and can cause things to happen, how much more you, as a godly strong man, raising a holy altar unto God, how much more will you accomplish? How much more will you accomplish? Think about that. So as powerful as demonic strong, the demonic strong man altars are, our holy altars are far more powerful, far more powerful. And we're going into a land to possess. We're not hoping it. We're not thinking it. We will possess it. And as we cross over into the glory realm, it's going to be expedited. It's going to be sped up. It's going to be super duper duper fast. The glory round. The glory round. Stepping into his glory. It's a different vantage point. And we could destroy these demonic strong uh, uh, strong mans of the altar. These strong man altars. These altars that are feeding the demonic strong man. And it's a lot of altars. It could be thousands of altars. So what? It's not greater than the power of God. It's not greater than the holy altar you erected. But it goes back to our persistence. Our consistency. Our faithfulness. Our obedience. Now don't get it twisted. Don't get caught up in stuff. Oh well, they're not living for God and they'd have this. See, if you, if you still get caught up in stuff, you're missing it. Because cause you you start comparing yourself to folks, even folks you know living in sin, and you're looking at them, their stuff as success, you're already missing it. They're going to they gonna have all the stuff. The enemy ain't got to fight them for no stuff. They can have all the stuff they want. But what you know they don't have is God's glory. His glory. People toil for stuff. Teach you to work hard for stuff. That's not how God's kingdom works. We, we got to understand what the kingdom is. In the world, you work for provision. In the kingdom, provision works for you. In the world, you got to work hard to get what you want. You got to work hard to get here, to get that in the world system. And that principle, it works. But it's the long way. In God's glory, provision is already there working for you. In God's glory, what you need is already there. In God's glory, think time is sped up. In God's glory, anything you can want or desire is already there. You don't have to work for it. It's working for you. It's chasing you. It wants you. It's looking for you. Hello? There's no comparison to the glory of God. And the power of God that you carry, you can destroy 
these evil altars. You can destroy the works of the enemy, but we got to keep showing up. We got to remain faithful. We got to remain steadfast. We can't be moved by what we see. We can't be moved by what no one says. We can't be moved by what no one else is doing. Our eyes fixed on Jesus. Our thoughts fixed on God. Unwavering. Unwavering faith. Faith that can't be measured. Because the strong man does not want you carrying God's glory. The strong man does not want you bringing God's kingdom. Point blank, period. It doesn't matter because we're not going to stop. We're not going to back down. We're not going to shrink back. We're moving forward by faith. Hello? Break down these altars. Let me remind you again. You must conquer them. You must utterly destroy them. You must make no covenants with them. You must show them no mercy. You must destroy their altars. You must break down their sacred pillars. You must cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. No compromise. No negotiation. No contamination. God's way or no way. God's way or no way. We're going God's way. God's way prevails. God's will prevails. We win, we win, we keep on winning. We're not gonna live, we're not gonna we 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 got too much ground to gain that we're gonna be gaining if we keep walking and keep walking and keep walking. Everything is changing. You win. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Uh, remember uh, this Saturday, February uh, 15th at 11 a.m. Uh, is our church on the go live service uh, at the Hyde Place, Atlanta, Alpharetta, 5595 Winwood Parkway, Alpharetta, Georgia. Again, uh, that's the Hyde Place, Atlanta, Alpharetta this Saturday, 11 a.m. Uh, for our, our church on the go live service. 5595 Winward Parkway, Alpharetta, Georgia, 30004. That's the Hyde Place, Atlanta, Alpharetta. And also on Saturday, February 29th, 11 a.m., we're going to be at the Hyde Place, Atlanta, Alpharetta for Church on the Go as well. So those are two Church on the Go services for this month. And also remember, make sure you register for Boots on the Ground. Make sure you register Boots on the Ground. Um, and those who have already registered before, I know that that uh, this month is our official, official launch. So you do not want to miss this if you have not signed up yet. If you want to walk in the power of God, you need to sign up for Boots on the Ground. Uh, register at go.urkingdom.org uh, forward slash Boots on the Ground. Again, that's go.urkingdom.org forward slash Boots on the Ground. Amen. Uh, so uh, govern yourselves accordingly for that. You don't want to miss this. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss this. You want to be connected. The power of God all across the globe. Putting our actual mouth is you want to sign up with boots on the ground. Amen. All right. If you're not saved, the enemy comes to kill, steal, destroy Christ King that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. And so if that's you, look, you can't get it right without Christ. Salvation is not the end. Salvation is just the beginning. It started salvation. We can't get it right without Christ. Amen. So if you're ready to be saved, accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's simple. All you have to do is repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, 
I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and raising him from the dead with all power in your hands. Father God, please forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart. I want to live for you. You belong to me. I belong to you. If that's your first time saying that, we rejoice with you. Angels in heaven are rejoicing. You are now saved and we welcome you to the family of God. Amen. We welcome you. Welcome. You can also send email to info at decorgreen.org uh, for um, more information uh, to help you on your journey. Man, the next call, if you know uh, that this is home, that I'm your pastor, your spiritual covering, no matter where you are across the globe, no matter where you are across the globe, if you know that this is home, that I'm your pastor, your spiritual covering, you can send an email to info at decorgreen.org, info at decorgreen.org, saying you want to become a member of Upper Room Kingdom. Or maybe you're connected somewhere, but you still feel very much connected here. You can come as a partner. And two, you can send an email to info at the corgreen.org. You say you want to become a partner of Upper Room Kingdom. So we welcome you in advance to the Room family. Amen. Awesome. So I'll close out in prayer. I believe that's all the announcements. Yes. Father God, we come now to the end of this Bible study. We thank you. We thank you for all that was said and done during this Bible study. We thank you, God. Your word is taking root in our heart. We're applying it to our lives. We thank you for, for helping us to destroy those evil altars of the demonic strongman. We thank you for taking all of our footsteps. We said that having those to do war against uh, spiritual retaliation right now. We thank you for pushing us forward, advancing us forward by faith. We love you. We praise you and we trust you, oh God. I declare your spirit of peace shall rest upon each and every one under the sound of my voice. Send your ministry angels to minister your ministry angels to minister unto your people. We love you. We praise you. We glorify your name. We, get, we thank you we continue to dream dreams, have visions, open our eyes to see, oh God. We thank you, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. So make sure you go back and watch this Bible study at some point before next week. Um, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't let it just be a good word. You want this thing to take root in your life. Uh, uh, so you want it to be part of your memory. Amen. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as always, remember that you are the breath of God. And God never wastes a breath. This is the Corey Green sign out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you soon. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.